Tzorayim Tov, we now continue the second Sefer for Rav Shimshim Pinkus, which is called Nefesh Shimshon. And it's quite a long uh, Sefer, much longer than the other one. It's uh, over 400 pages and uh, goes through many of the Tvilos, specific Tvilos, and what Kavanas to have. So we're going to start with the very first one, Modet Ani. Okay, that is, so the sitter, if you open up your sitter, it begins with the prayer of Moda Ani. And if you're Nusach Sfard, it ends with Aleinu L'Shabeach. Okay, so getting up in the morning is the foundation of all the work you're going to do that day. So everything has to be incorporated in that very beginning. And we have a rule that the rabbis tell us that the end is always connected to the beginning. Or as it says, sof the end of the action, was thought about in the beginning. Which means to say that the perfection of any activity is seen at two points at the beginning and at the end okay so let's explain so modani has the entire service of the person in that kernel right there and those words moda ani lefanecha i admit to you i admit before you melechai vekayam the living and everlasting king. That you returned my soul with pat, with compassion, with mercy. Great is your faithfulness. That is the tamtzit. That's the core of everything that's going to happen for the rest of the day. And that's a concept we cannot forget. That's our mission statement. You cannot forget that. Okay, and the goal eventually is, the end is, the goal of everything is to reach the point of we praise to the master of everything, to give greatness to the one who created the world, to know this day and draw to our heart that Hashem is God and there is no one but Him. We start with Moda Ani, so we can reach the end goal of Aleinu L'Shabeach. So he gives a marshal. When you want to build a house, so you think about a house, you draw up plans, and you say, this is the house I want to build. Okay, now, it may take five years till you finish it, but at the end, you have that house. Okay? So the beginning is the kernel of it all, and the end, the goal, is the lamaisa. So we've got the essence, and then lamaisa, what happens? So the same thing, moda'ani is the, uh, the game plan, and elenu is the completion of the game plan. So the Mesil Sharm says, when he begins to discuss um, the whole course uh, that's before us, this path to Shlemus, 
he begins the whole Sarah. There's a lot of details, you know, uh, uh, you have to be watchful and then alacritous and all the steps. But he starts, the first chapter is to explain what is the obligation of a person in his world. That's the beginning. The end is Kedusha, holiness. So what does that mean? The obligation of a person, that's the kernel, is what to know why are you here and kedusha is the goal so let's give a simple example let's say you're getting out of your you're leaving your house driving out of thornhill and you want to end up downtown you drive for about an hour and then you find out you're in barry So those who don't know, Toronto is south of Thornhill and Barrie is north of Thornhill. You come into Barrie and says, is this Toronto? I says, what? What did you do? He says, well, I went out, I got on the highway and I turned left, figuring that will take me to Toronto. You made a mistake, you're supposed to turn right. Ah. Okay, listen, it's a mistake. It's forgivable. It's forgivable. The second guy, you say, what happened? He says, well, when I went out, I didn't even know where I was going. And I just ended up here in Barry. That's unforgivable. What do you mean? You're going out, you don't even know where you're going? What kind of fool are you? You don't even know where you're going? Okay, you make a mistake. Okay, we all make mistakes. We we can tolerate that. But if you're if you don't even know where you're going, at least you should have in your mind that I'm going to Toronto. That's where I want to go, and I'm going to always focus on going to Toronto. Now you could make a mistake when you're trying to get to Toronto, but if you don't even know you're going to Toronto, then what are you doing? And therefore, that becomes the first rule of Masil Shrub. You got to know why God put you on this planet. And never forget why God put you on the planet. Why did he put you on the planet? To take pleasure in Hashem. And ultimately, in Elam Abba. That's what you're here for. Now, you may make mistakes. Let's say you come late to a Torah class. You, you forgot the time. Okay. You figured if I maybe go a little bit later, it'll, it'll work out better. Or uh, I uh, I was smoozing too much, whatever you know. Uh, I didn't realize. Okay, we could forgive it. But the guy said, "Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't even know why. Why I would, was coming to show? I thought there was going to be a card game in show. So you forgot the reason. You know, you gotta, I'm here to get oil and haba. No, I don't. I don't even know what I'm here for. That's unforgivable." So therefore, the first step in our Avodah session is to know why are we here? Now, you can't forget that. I should be able to wake you up in the middle of the night, 3 o'clock, you're in the middle of a beautiful dream. I wake you, I shake you up. Get up, get up, get up. What, what, what do you want, Rab? What do you want? Why did God put you in this world? That's not good. To get pleasure, Royal Mahaba. Boom. 
Never forget it. Okay? So that's how you're supposed to be thinking. That thought should carry you through your lifetime. Same thing when we get up in the morning. Whatever the message of Modani is, which we're going to go through now, that message of Modani has to be your guide, your mission statement the whole day long. And whenever you have to decide to do anything, you say, wait a minute, does this fit into Modani? Don't forget it. It's a long trip. You might make some mistakes. You might make some mistakes. Honest mistakes, that's okay. You're human. But if you say, I don't even know what I was here for, that is not a good thing. So you got to know, what am I doing here in Oilam Hazen? I'm opening up a, a store. Why am I opening up the store? Okay. To make Parnassa? Well, who's giving you the Parnassa? Do you remember who's giving you the Parnassa? If you want to buy a house. What are you building the house for? Always to say, to get close to Hashem. You're learning Torah. What are you learning Torah for? To get close to Hashem. That always has to be resonating with you. Now, listen, all you guys are in some kind of Parnassa making. You, you, you better not forget why you're doing what you're doing. Because <laughs> you're not going to make Parnassa if you forget what you're doing. So let's begin with Moda'ani to know what is that message. And they bring from the name of Reb Chaim that he says, the way you get up in the morning and whatever you're deciding at those very first moments to say, this is what I plan on doing, to accept, let's say, the yoke of Torah, to learn Torah with Hasmoda, He's talking to yeshiva bachrams. I don't want to have things disturb me. Today, let's say you're a yeshiva bachram, so you want to say, okay, I want to learn a lot today. I want to get a lot of learning done and to know this and this. To that degree, Hashem will help you make it happen. So in other words, getting up is not just, oh, I'm up. Oh no, this is the beginning of the day. The day doesn't start. So people say, you know, say, no, I don't start my day until I had my coffee. You heard that expression? You never heard it? My mom, she wants tea. Okay, whatever it is, people say, I don't start my day until this. We got a lot better. I don't start my day till I say Modani. And guess what that is? That's the first time my eyes open up. And then you get Siata Deshmai for the whole day. In other words, waking up is already a serious business. And that will help you push away all the disturbances that will go during the day. And as the Gemara says in Marcus, in the way that a person wants to go, they will guide him. So if right when you wake up in the morning, you start off with this Moda'ani, which we're going to explain. So it, so this whole idea is, it's not like, you know, you know, you could, how do most people describe waking up in the morning? If you're non-Jew. Even if you're a Jew, but you don't say Modani, because you're, oh my God, it's already time to get up. Let's hit the snooze alarm for five minutes. So, oh man, that's going to be a bad day. 
You hear it's raining. Oh my goodness. You know, it's like, you know, and some people, they wake up with the radio waking them up. So you're already being told what's going on in the world. So you know, really don't even think about what you're gonna do. Right? Our custom is what we've learned since we're little children. As soon as you open up your eyes and you know it's time to get up, we start saying Moda'ani. It's very interesting. It has to be said as soon as possible. It's not even, okay, I'm getting up. Now we know there's tuma on my hands. I have to wash my hands. No, not even that. Before you get out of the bed. As long as you're awake. I mean, you could be slumbering and you might just fall back asleep. But when you're getting, you're up. The first thing is and that's why you don't have Hashem's name in it. So you could say it right away, even if your hands are tome. Okay, because that's how important the day starts as soon as your eyes are open and it's time to get up. And now you have to set the tone for the day. Okay, so now we gotta know why do we need these specific words to set the tone for the day? That's the next part, yes? So Rabbi, in the morning, when you say Moldiani, you take the, I mean, I take the kippa, so it doesn't, the Tuma doesn't transfer to the kippa, right? No, no, you can. And you can hold the hand like the Moldiani. Well, you don't have to. You just should say it seriously before you get out of bed. You're lying in your bed. The alarm rings. Okay, it takes you a couple seconds to find the alarm, shut it off. You don't want to say Modani while the alarm is ringing. Okay, or let's say it's Shabbos, you just wake up. And it's, it's not you're going to roll over and sleep two more hours. No, you're getting up. So before you even get up, you you collect your mind and say, okay, I better think what I'm saying now. And you say Moda'ani. Then you'll wash Nagelwasser. Then you'll start the day. But it must start as immediate to the beginning of stuff. It's not like, okay, I get up, I shower, this, that. And when I come into shul, I go to the first page and the sitter says Moda'ani. Oh, you're half an hour too late. That's so important. I don't think a lot of people realize and therefore, you just can't mumble it and blumble it. You know, you're halfway going, you got to really, these words you can't just say. You must know what they mean. You know what? It's not a halacha like you must know what the Shema means. Because the Shema is a biblical mitzvah and you only perform it and properly and get credit if you know what you're saying. Moda'ani is not a biblical mitzvah. It's something the rabbis, it's, we call it a minhug, a custom, but a strong custom. You don't get you don't get credit for doing a mitzvah when you say modani. But the rabbi said you should do it. Why? So that when you do the mitzvahs, you're going to get good credit for your mitzvahs. So as we say, it sets the tone. And when you're setting the tone, you better be fully awake. So you can't just say, oh, I'm half dead, I'm half asleep. And just mumble, modane, lefana, you don't even know what you're saying. That's foolish. If you're that tired, don't get up yet. Or you'd have to say to yourself, I have to get up. I'm tired. I have to focus. I'm tired, but I have to focus. 
I'm going to say these 10 words, whatever. I got to know what they mean. I got to understand them. And that is setting the tone for the day. And I will not forget the tone I set. Now, and if I don't say modani, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. But it means, you're, you know what they say? When, when this guy walks into the whatever, and he's grumpy. So what do people say? I guess you got up on the wrong side of the bed. Interesting way of describing. So I say, we can say, I guess you got up without modani. Saying Morani is getting up from the right side of the bed. Because if you understand what those words mean, you're not going to be grumpy in the morning. You're not going to say, oh, I can't talk to, I can't deal with anything until I have my first coffee. What do you mean? You could say, I can't deal with anything until I say Morani. That's true. You can't. Because you don't know what the purpose of what you're doing is. So a lot of people don't spend enough time. You got to realize that Morani is tefillah. Don't wait to go to shul to daven. You're ready to davening right then and there. This is your first tefillah for the day. And that's going to set the tone for every tefillah. Not just every tefillah. Everything you're going to do is based on moda adi. How seriously you said those words. Okay. So let's think about how most people feel when they get up in the morning without moda adi. Without moda So what's the first thing? Listen carefully. What's the first thing you meet or you see and feel first thing in the morning? Answer is yourself. You see yourself. You feel yourself. But what's the first thing you're cognizant of? The first thing. You're not saying, oh, the bed's so comfortable or the bed's so lumpy. You go like this. Oi, 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 I'm so tired. Oi, 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 oh, my back's killing me. Right? He says, man, am I tired. I don't know if I slept enough. Oh, or he said, oh, I had a great sleep today. Oh, I have such a headache. That's the first thing you're thinking about. The first thing you meet and greet is yourself. That's not the way to start the day. You'd like to start the day with, uh, no, I am tired. <laughs> I had a good sleep. You know what that means? You're starting the day with, Ani. Ani. Normally, as a human being, the first thing you notice in the morning is Ani. So here we're going to train you. No, that's not the first thing. The first thing is modeh. That's the first word, which means to give thanks. You give the first moment to God. To admit it's not ani is the first word, but it's modeh, which means, and, and it's going to be, and I, I admit to you. So you're giving God the first moment of the day. Uh, you can be a lot of people who worship God, but you don't give him the first moment of the day. Imagine a, a, a good religious non-Jew, a good religious non-Jew. Oh, he even keeps the seven Nahai laws. And it's a Sunday, and he's going to go to church. Well, he's not going to go. Well, whatever he's going to do, he's going to go to church. He's not thinking of God first thing in the morning. 
saying, oh, my back is killing me. Oh, I'm tired. Oh, I'm this. I'm that. And then he gets up. Okay, we got to get ourselves ready to go to church. And when I get to church, I'll, you know, I'll put God front and center. No, no, no. We do right away. Now, it's a very interesting halacha in the Gemara that seems to have nothing to do with what we're going to talk about, but has everything to do. Gemara has an expression. There's different ways you can make a kinyan, an acquisition. I want to buy and sell something. So let's say I want to buy something from you. You just can't buy it. You have to either pick up the item and that you acquire it. There's different ways of acquiring things. One of them is called a Kenyan Odisa, an acquisition through confession. So what does that mean? So let's say I'm a pen over here. And Slomo says, that's my pen. I can say, no, it isn't. Or I could say, yeah, you know what? Here, I'll give you the pen, and now you own the pen. What if, and now that you pick it up, it's your pen. Yeah. Or let's say this is my pen. I'd like you to have the pen. It's okay. Now, what if you claim it's your pen? And I say, you know what? It's your pen. I admit it's your pen. Even though you didn't pick anything up, that is the Kenyan. When someone confesses, questions of in court, not in court, but the idea, even though there is no physical transfer of the item, that's the point we want to make. Confession is acquisition. Okay. So let's think about this. You wake up in the morning. You got a soul. Uh, let's explain one other thing. Another thing. So you have a song. So whose soul is that? My soul. Whose is it? Who owns the soul? Hashem. What if I think I own the soul? Let's say better example. Let's say you give me something to watch. Let's say someone you gave me the pen to watch, and you say. Can I, 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 and you say, I'd like to uh, make this pen hectish, give it to God. But I claim it's my pen. Well, then you can't make it hectish. But once I agree that it's your pen, even though you don't have it, you can make it hectish. That's Allah. Right? Uh, or let's say you want to make it. Let's say I have the pen. It's your pen. It's your pen. But I say it's my pen. I can't make it hectic because it's not mine. But if I admit it's yours, then the pen could be made holy. So let's think about this. The soul that I have does not belong to me. All it is is a deposit. Now, if you deny the deposit, someone who denies the deposit, you can't, uh, you can't, the guy can't be mocked to shit. It's not his. So now, 
if a person says, I admit that the deposit of the soul that you gave me, it's yours. I admit that everything I have is yours from Hashem. And I'm putting myself into God's domain. Now it's God's and he can make it holy. In other words, now you're letting God be the owner. Now he can do what he wants with it. Again, if you give me the pen and I deny that the pen is yours, you're not going to be able to make it happen. The fact that I have a soul, it's not my soul. It's God's soul. But I have to admit that it's God's soul. And when I admit it's God's soul, then God says, thank you, and now I can take care of it. But if, God forbid, a person says it's all for himself, I'm not owned by God, I'm in my own domain, and I worry about my parnasa, I worry about myself, well, God says, I guess I'm not involved with you anymore. So we have to start with a different, to define our understanding of reality. Is my soul mine or is it God's? That's the first question and the first word that influences the day is the who owns me. And that's a big mistake. Now, of course, all of us think we are servants of God. And you know what we say? Okay, I would like to learn today. I would like to daven today. I am want to be a good Jew. I want to do mitzvahs. I want to do kindness. I don't want to get angry. What's wrong with every statement the person said? I If you keep saying I, that's a contradiction to what it means to be a Jew. I have no I. I'm an Evan Hashem. That's it. The fact that I learned Torah is because Hashem told me to learn Torah and not because I decided I want to learn Torah. Because if my learning Torah depends on what I want to do, so sometimes maybe I don't want to learn. But if I say I admit that I do everything for Hashem, I'm a servant of Hashem, and He's the master, then everything looks different. So Rapinkas gives a very interesting personal story that happened with him that led him understand with this idea. It was a particular young kipper. It was Matzah young kipper. And as a rabbi, he has a very busy Yom Kippur. Because Rapinkas, he's the chazan. He davens kol nidre, and then he gives a talk. The next day, he davens musaf, and then he does ne'ilah. That's a lot of work. Really, and you're fasting, isn't it? So it's much a Yom Kippur. He comes home, and he's mamish, exhausted, and tired. Like, like he's giving, giving it his all. Makes Havdala. They said, I'm going to sit down and rest a little bit. You know, eat a little something, rest a little bit. And he, and he, and he said, and my personal feeling was, the whole day I worked hard. Baruch Hashem, now I finished. And now I, I can rest a little bit. But that's not a very unreasonable ask. ask. But then he, now you got to be excited to think the next step. He said, what if I was a Jewish from, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, a, a nanny, okay, servant, but not a slave, right? And what if I'm a Jewish, and we, and we all came home, 
And now the master tells me, okay, prepare dinner for us. We have to break our fast. Would I be able to say to him, I'm tired, I don't want to do it? What are you talking about? You, you work here, right? So I, I can't say I'm tired. So he says, so if I'm an Evid Hashem, the fact that your kipper's over, who says I'm, I'm not an Evid Hashem anymore? You know, people who work have time off. As an Evid Hashem, you never have time off. Tiredness is not an excuse to not work until God gives us a severance document, which he's not going to do. So on Yom Kippur, I figured, oh, the pressure's off. I could do whatever, I, you know, if I want to keep doing things, you know, or not. And if I feel that I'm free for a little while, that means I never was a servant of Hashem. The whole thing. I have to now sit down and say, okay, what do I do next for God? Now, if you're very, very tired, then okay, God says you have to take a rest. But if you were like Rablevi Yitzchak, what did he do right after it was over? He went to learn Torah. So the fact, if we, if we feel that we're servants of Hashem, we know there's no such thing as being freed from your work. A person has to always make a cheshbon. What is, what am I supposed to do now? Am I supposed to learn a little more, go to sleep, eat? Baruch Hashem, we're all God-fearing people. But we have a lot of calculations. And we forget to make one calculation. There's a boss. What does the boss say? What does the boss think? Is he giving me time off or not? Sometimes a boss will give you time off, but maybe he won't. Just because you're tired, you think the boss is always going to give you time off? The boss says, I need your work today. It's an important meeting. We have to make submit a budget. I'm so sorry you don't feel well. We have to have the budget by today. So for us to think, okay, I did this, now I can take it off. Maybe, but you got to go to the boss and say, boss, could I have some time off? boss says yes and okay the boss says no too bad so therefore the first word is mode I admit that I am yours that's the first thing now that really says a lot because that means whatever you're gonna do in that day the first thing you're gonna think of is what does Hashem want me to do right now I, somebody uh, recently made a request of me that I really did not want to honor for all kinds of reasons, for all kinds of reasons. I didn't feel it was appropriate and uh, I have no reason. And I, and I was right. But then I stopped and say, what does Hashem want me to do? In other words, I'll pee fairness. It was fair that I should deny that request. It really was fair. But I said, well, what's Hashem going to want me? I never, the people who asked the favor, maybe they weren't right, but still, what's going to create more shalom? What's going to do this? So what does Hashem want me to do? And then I fulfilled the request. Right? Because 
It's and that has to be guiding through every minute of the day. That modet comes before Ani. Hashem's desire comes before me. And that's and that's how we're gonna end the day with the Lady Lashabeah. We'll be able to understand that there's nothing else but Hashem. And everything in between has to go that way. Is that an appropriate way to start the day? Yes. Modet before Ani. Tomorrow we have to discuss, wait a minute, but if it's all Hashem, I may not have too much enthusiasm. So we'll have to discuss that tomorrow. It's Hashem. Shkayach, everybody.